listening to Cleveland and Beyond with Andy Bellman and Jared Watson, brought to you by Evergreen Podcast. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. She's Holly Wetzel joining us this evening. He's Andy Bellman. I'm Jared Watson, and this podcast is brought to you by Evergreen Podcast. Also, we are brought to you by Waiting for Next Year, original Cleveland sports reporting at waitingfornextyear.com. Joining us later on, special guest Jason Lloyd of The Athletic. Thanks for coming out and hanging out with us. And uh, we're just going to run right into things because it's draft night day two here in downtown Cleveland. We are chilling out at Forest City Brewery, drinking delicious craft beer, small batch, and uh, enjoying ourselves, trying to avoid a little bit of feedback. So bear with us when, uh, when you hear a little... <laughs> my voice twice. Andy, Ollie, what's going on? What did you guys think of uh, last night? All right, I'll, I'll go first. I think Andy, are you live over there? No, I'm fine. A few feet away from me. That's all. Calm the fuck down. I'm just glad <laughs> you're, you're not driving. Somebody gets from here from reports from people in the car. Look, well, here's the big story. The Browns have to go to the final four in the AFC Championship game and beyond. This is pick is great by Newsom. Good kid. Talks well. Really, really smart. Plays well. I was really impressed with him with the um in the big in the Big 12 and Big Ten. Big Ten championship game. I think it's a smart pickup. Andrew Berry's very bright. It's a very, very look. The draft, this is the first year in my memory since the move where I'm like, I don't know if I – I mean, I'm excited about Newsom. Very smart pick. Let's roll the fucking balls out. Let's start playing ball. I mean, this team is really ready for big things. There's a lot – the city's very excited about it. It isn't like we're planning for 2024 with our draft pick. Kid Newsom's going to – that's right, Damian. Anderson's back. Anderson John's back. Yeah, Damian. Yeah, that's, that's breaking news, that's right? Breaking Out of news. nowhere, Jason actually just let us know. Which... Right. So, but anyways, the biggest thing for the Browns is how excited the city is. I think the biggest thing I felt this week, and I'll let you guys talk about this. I This is the first time I've been around people where it's like I haven't felt COVID. It's been very protective. It's been very smart. There's been masks. The city's been really alive. We were at Harry Buffalo's. There was a lot of people hanging around. I just love seeing this stuff. This was the first non-COVID event I've been to. Really, really, really cool. Really enjoyable. Yeah. And am I getting? Am I getting feedback, Andy? Are you good? No. Okay. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. 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 Some serious This is our first. This is our first in-person um, podcast situation, and um, you know we're learning as we go. So, as Andy and Jerry mentioned, we're at Forest City Brewery, um, but it's fun to be together and, and do the show together. Um, I'm happy with the pick, um, but I wanted to also go step back a little bit because I want to talk about just the experience when I went downtown yesterday and how cool it was for the city to come alive again. Um, there's people everywhere, you know, seeing the Browns gear just it felt like a really great sense of normalcy, um, even though it could not have been shittier weather like it rained today. I was like, how is there even water left in the sky? Because it all came down yesterday. But um, it did finally clean up uh, or clear up, I should say, by the end of the night. And it was freezing, but it was good. I mean, Cleveland on a, a national stage on TV looked awesome last night. It just was a really great thing for the city. So I was super excited about that. So I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way. Yeah, the, the, the great thing about that is um, it, that was the worst thing of the evening was the rain, right? I mean, outside of that, everything else was great. 
uh, shout out to Dive Bar for uh, doing things right and and having a wonderful crowd down there as well. Uh, that's where Andy and I ended up. Uh, Holly Holly went over to the I, fan I, zone I, I as we went reports. in there. I, I, and I was on site. She was there. She yeah. blew us off because she had bigger plans. Ah, I'm not saying that. I'm just teasing, teasing, teasing. teasing. Andy was texting me. I was in dive bar and he's like, I want to try and get a dive bar because I want to, the people need to know the truth. All right. And Andy's like, how did you get in? And I said, I'm a girl. Fuck. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Stupid. It's not the only reason. Well, maybe part of the reason, but regardless, I did not think Andy would be waiting out there for 45 minutes. And then we went to go to the draft and poor Andy and Jared, I met Jared in person for the first time in line at dive bar. It was a very exciting thing so um yeah, yeah. you guys a- walked out you know we went i went to the draft i got to go to the vaccinated fan zone check it out um it was awesome and i i took a couple really great pictures that got circulated um on social media which was really awesome so it was fun i mean it was just such a great 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 time now just jumping over from from the experience and talking about uh, what we expected during the draft and how we thought things were going to play out. Andy and I have talked about this on numerous occasions where I said it from the beginning, there's two guys that I wanted, I, the one that I knew we were going to go with. And it worked out that way. Uh, Greg Newsom was the pick. We've said it for weeks. We knew it was the right pick. It was the, it was the safe pick. If you want to call it that it was what made sense. You knew that they wanted the secondary and now we're hearing the rumors of the Browns wanting to possibly move up into this in the second round and maybe get a Wusu Koromoa and get that linebacker. But I still don't even know if they're going to want to do that. When has this team in the past 20 years, besides Mingo, when have they even cared about drafting a linebacker early? Look, I mean, this team is all in, and Jason should chime in. This is the first team. In 20 years, this team's all in. They have to win big. You can't just win like, hey, you beat the Steelers, and hey, it was a good week. You took care and split the Ravens. You need to win big. This is big time. No more of this, like, 6 is nice, 13-4, big, 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 big wins. And, and Jason, let me ask you, I mean, I think this is a team that has expectations now. They have to win, get the AFC Championship game. I think this team's ready for it. But I think that's the real expectations going into this year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, before we start recording, we said AFC Championship for Boston. I, that's a high bar to set, but I think it's valid. I think I think it's a, a valid goal to have for they've got they've got what they need they've got everything that they need and if you look at the guys who missed last year grant delpit Bree williams combine them with Jad- jadavian Clowney, combine yep. them with greg newsom this is, could be a completely different defense and, and i really never i never went at joe woods last year because i my point i made all year was what do you want from the guy like okay. look at who he's fair. using look at fair they don't have anybody so now Not we now. can judge now Not we can now. judge joe woods you know, it's funny. After they drafted Jedrick in the first round last year, I wrote, okay, Baker, no more excuses. There are no more excuses for Baker Mayfield. Well, now there are no more excuses for Joe Woods. So That's now right. what kind Truer of – Truer words have never been spoken. Yeah. So now you're going to find out what kind of scheme he can run. Like, any sort of criticism for him last year was unfair. Full stop. Like, not going to do it. Never once did I ever criticize him because he just didn't have the people. Yeah, yeah. He's got the players now. Now let's see what they can do. Here's what I want to see from the Browns. 
They're going to go into spots this year where they're going to be the target. In past years, they played with Lions. No one cares. Play Lions. Throw the balls out. Do me a quick favor and try to shield your mic a little bit or kind of aim a little bit away from Holly's mic. Yeah, I'll move. I'll do whatever it takes to make this podcast happen. Oh, that's money right there. That sounds great. I mean, that sounds great. I'm such a team player. Look, we're going to look like fucking weirdos on live, but it's going to sound. It's going to sound fucking money, baby. Trust me. This beer really helps. Jason and I are like are acting like we're sharing like a milkshake with two straws right now with this mic. Well, he's a gentleman. He did. He did really purchase cute. me. He did. Purchase you? I mean, sorry. Where the fuck is this going? You're Russian or feel like you're right now? Hungarian. Thank you very much. <laughs> Seriously. Cut, cut, cut this back to Fox. But JT, you, you, you cannot think this year. Like, if you're playing the Lions on the road, that's a big game. The Lions are going to be like, hey, we want to beat the Browns. Not the old, like, if you're playing the Cardinals, the Cardinals going to be like, we want to beat the, especially JJ Watt, if this shit he took on whatever else. We want to come in here and win that game. The Browns will have a target. Ironically, I usually get scared of that as a Clevelander. I don't. I think this team's ready. Am I wrong? No, no. I, I think two years ago was way too much, way too soon. Yeah. And I think they learned a lot from that. Those who are still here learned a lot from it. And, yeah, they're going to have a target 17 times. There's no more – you know, I would think that in the past when you played the Browns, you would install 80, 85, 90% of what you're doing for Sunday. But you might save 10% and, and spend 10% of your week on the Ravens if you had Baltimore the following right. week. That's not the case anymore. When you play Cleveland, Cleveland demands 100% of, of an opponent's okay. attention all week long. And the, and the difference, difference, in my, in my opinion, opinion, is Kevin Stefanski. Because he has those guys week in and week out. They do not come in with anything other than that one goal in mind, win the football game. Yeah, I was so impressed with Kevin last year. I think I my favorite tweet of all time might have been the column that I wrote about he should win the coach and he came out playing on the other side, the, the Shawshank line, <laughs> to come in and do what he did with the organization that he did. You know, it's I would go back even to – I've used this a couple of times. Go back to week one last year, and they got their doors blown off by ball. He's on fire. So, like, it's a, it's a low bar to clear, but I'm telling you, you can go back and read what I wrote after week one. I thought, okay, like, that was bad. The fake punt was really bad, but this guy's going to be okay. Like, there's something here. And he just built on it and built on it and built on it. It's a professional organization. It's run by adults. These are things we never used to be able to say about the Browns. Okay. Jason, I have a serious question. Oh, boy. Right. Oh, my gosh. One thing that Andy and I have talked about from last year, you know, yeah. So we triumphed throughout this entire year, right? Within COVID, did all these things, all these crazy restrictions, right? The players were basically forced to live and breathe football 24-7. One of my concerns is that the world's getting back to normal, mm -hmm. right? The NFL players, players in general, people are going back out into the world, doing things, whatever. Do you worry at all with that being a factor of just they were so focused on the season that's all they were doing is football i think that was a big reason why also they were also successful do you worry about that at all it's an interesting point no because 
winning is addictive. Yep. And they know how to win and they know that his style works. Yeah. So I think that they I, I winning is addictive. I mean, I'm just gonna start repeating myself now. So I, I think that they'll stay locked in and they'll still keep in on on what it is they need to do because they saw it they saw it work last year. Whereas poor Freddie was such a disaster. I think nobody following him. But Kevin's a leader and they're so I don't think I hear what you're saying, and I think it's a valid question. I don't think it's gonna have an impact. Here's a here's a thought, Jason. Would would you consider Stefanski's regime and them coming in stabilizing the organization? What did I do? No, no, no. It's it's us spinning the. It's you're good. It's it's us. It's us sharing the milkshake. So it's back. It's back in Jason's world. He's quite frankly drinking all of it. If I have to. Holly and, and all, J- Jason are going to kiss at some point. Would you consider would you consider Kevin coming in basically saving Baker Mayfield's career? Yeah, in a sense, sure. Because you know, I mean it was a bad path that he was on. Yeah, it was no, a bad track that Baker was, yeah, was. on. And I don't know. If they got that wrong again, you know, now if you're Baker, you're saying, why would I sign an extension here? The question, I mean, to me, the question is still, do the Browns want to give the extension to Baker? Baker should be happy to take it if they give it to him. But had Kevin not worked, if I'm Baker, I'm like, I'm not staying here. I'm getting out of here as soon as I can, which never happens in the NFL, by the way. That never happens. But it would happen there if you've got a talented quarterback and you can't get it right around him. Why would he want to stay? So, yeah, I I think it's absolutely. (laughs) Sorry. Pardon me. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, let's see what happens down there. Uh, that's, but no, I, that's I think a scary situation for him. You know, that's why I'm really interested because you know, I mean, I'm really sorry, Browns fans, but Baker is still like above average, but he's not elite. And I know like people want to fight me every time I say that, but I'm sorry, he's not elite. But you don't have to be like. There's only so many top three quarterbacks in the NFL. There are three of them. And they don't win the Super Bowl every year, even though it feels like they do. They don't. So you need a top three or top five quarterback to get your team the Super Bowl. And and that's where the Browns are with Baker. So, you know, but the fact that he's got the same system to row obviously is huge. The fact that they actually, you know, they were at step two and step three, and now they don't have to go back to step one. Now they can go to four, five, six, seven, eight. The same coordinator, the same head coach. You know, I think you're going to see a better Baker this year. I 100% believe Baker will be better this year than he was last year. He better be. And I hope that we see Baker from weeks 9 through 16 this year and not Baker from weeks 1 through 8. Did the Steelers win on the road in the playoffs help you with Baker winning? Yes. Yeah. I thought that was a big Unmute, yeah. Andy. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it was a big moment. And, you know, it couldn't have started better for the Browns, obviously, with the snap over the head and everything else. You yes. get some momentum going early. You get rolling early. And, uh, yeah, it allows you to settle into the game a little bit. But to go out and win that game against that opponent, you know, yeah. I think I said at the time, that that was a, that was an exorcism. Uh, yes, it was. 25 years yes, it was. of pain and pissed off everything and they took it out rise your fucking glasses folks that that, 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 that was, was warriors Cavs good game seven that was like 
in Christmas Story when he beats up the bully and he just keeps like just wailing <laughs> and just wailing and the kid's bleeding and crying and the Browns are still punching and they just don't let up. And, and you know, I felt good for Browns fans watching that for 25 years of, the, of what they've had to tolerate to get that was uh, that, that was fun to watch. I want to get one more. So when are we ready to, because I was down on this and I didn't know how to feel about him. Paul D. Podesta, does he get any credit for this? Like, I've been amazed. Like, that guy did a whole big thing. I was, I actually said, like, that was to your point about structure. I'm like, in 2020, it's like, it's my plan, it's on me. My head's in chocolate block. I'm going to hire this dude, hire Andrew Barry, and we're going to start winning games. And I didn't tell Oh my God, it's a lot of fucking pressure on this yeah. guy. And I thought he deserves a ton of credit. You know, I wrote last year, like, Paul DiBodesta was right about everything, and nobody was paying attention. True. But he wanted Sean McDermott, and look how Sean McDermott has worked out. Yep. Like, and you can go down the list of what he's gotten right. You know, Carson Wentz, he got destroyed at the time. Yes, he did. And, and maybe Carson pulls it together, and, and it goes on to have a phenomenal career because I do think he's an incredibly talented quarterback. And I think injuries have had a lot to do with, with the situation. That's no fault of his own. But Paul DiBodesta, it's really funny when you talk about, like, his job and what you – Paul, he's just a really smart dude. Yes, he is. And, and when, it's funny, like, I'm going to go on a tangent, but I promise I'm going to bring it back around. <laughs> one of my – if you want to call them isms, one of my isms is just hire really smart people and then yes. figure it out. Yeah, and, and that's kind of when we launched the athletic. My whole thing was like, we're just going to hire smart people, and and they're going to figure it out, and and that's what we've done. And smart people have a way of being creative and adapting. And yeah. the fact that he came from baseball, I think he got crushed for that, and I think it was unfair because I, I mean, obviously, you know, people who who know me know that my background was NBA for so many years, but I've talked to NBA people who feel like they could go run an NFL team. Wow. Or, or or there's a lot of crossover on that. Wow. Because it's not it, it's not so much if you're scouting, that's one thing, obviously. If, if you're if you're if you're right. if you're trying to mine for talent, right? If you're running an organization, running running an NFL franchise is not totally different from running a Forbes five hundred company of being the CEO you're of right. a company. Right. So it's the structures and it's the procedures that you're putting in place, which is what the investor's yeah. role is in being able to identify talented people is what he was supposed to be doing but nobody was listening to that's him. true and now they're finally listening again joining us uh jason lloyd of the athletic jason uh and what you're talking about we need on smart people it felt like for so long these guys were winging it we remember the days of ray farmer we remember you know like, I mean, you could take the fan off the street knew that what he was saying didn't make any sense. The towel, the towel over the face. The towel. Oh, my God. The towel over the face. One of the best moments. Unmute the microphone. Unmute the microphone. That's our fucking president. Yeah, it, it just, to come from, and then to recognize, oh, there's a formula to this. And even though everything that they're doing when it comes to player personnel evaluations, talent evaluation, skill evaluation, it's always going to be a crapshoot. But at the same time, you can help your odds by having structure, by having a plan, by having a goal, by knowing you know what your end game is. And these guys have that. 
They know what they're building. They're not just like some three-year-old with Legos putting whatever the fuck together. You know, they're building a Millennium Falcon out Falcon of these things and following the directions that they have out in front of them. Yeah, this is the last thing I'm going to say that I'm going to give Holly back her microphone. You're having a bad first day to run around. I'm getting stuck with the bill. I already know that. Just single dad. You guys get on my mind. You know, to to drive home your point, just the fact of, you know, I remember last year at this time thinking, I don't know, man, how are they going to pull this off with no in-person nothing they can't get their hands on these guys everything is virtual that is a lot to ask of any coach let alone a a coach in a a new system let alone a rookie head coach in his first head coaching job oh my god we talked about it so many times and kevin handled it you know it's so funny i did a story uh last year i called some of his college some of his best friends from college and these guys still like they're his best friends today and they're like dude you see now is the dude he was in college. Like wow. when, when you were, I believe I mean, it. When I was in college, like I was the guy, like probably close to handcuff. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. 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 And when and Hi, the, the guy said, you know, when things got to that point, Kevin was like, okay, I'm out. Yeah. Like he was yeah. the guy that he'd like to have fun, but he yeah. knew when it was like, I agree. okay, this is getting stupid. I I'm agree. Out. I agree. And like, I didn't have that decision making at 22. So it, they just said, like, he was always the mature one. He was always the adult yep. in the room. And, and you could just tell, right? Like, you could just tell. So the Browns got it right. Paul DiBodesta got it right. Yes, I crushed them for firing Freddie. I'm sorry, not Freddie. Not for, I'm so sorry. I crushed him for hiring Freddie. Thank you. John, I crushed him for firing John. I thought he did more right than Ross. Real Here's the thing. Andy, I, I did not. I did not. <laughs> by the way, I was I'm, I was more than happy with Dorsey saying goodbye. So just want to get that in. That was a good moment, Jason. You shared the mic. That was really good. Here's here's, here's what I come down to though. And Holly, you guys are on a date. Do you want? Yeah, I mean, I want yeah, I think we are. Yeah, 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 yeah again. Forest City Brewery. We're hanging out. I'm throwing money. I'm throwing money at Jason right now, like in a strip club. So you can go and get me a beer. I'll drink an IPA. You can a really important job. You can afford it. As far as I'm concerned. Why is our guest paying for our beers? Whatever bring me, I will drink it. And what's that? <laughs> oh, Andy's weird. He wants a gluten-free IPA. Hey, listen, my wife is gluten-free, so who knows this? They, I don't know what I don't know. They're into that. Gluten's just a protein. Right? Oh, so you want Let me ask you guys since Jason walked out. I I'm not just bullshitting. I think they're going to Super Bowl. Am I wrong? No. They have to. No, Holly. No, Holly. I mean, to say that, yes, they're for sure going. I just, that's a, that's a lot. That's, the schedule gets a lot tougher. All right. I'm oh, trying to Holly, be we're going to play the schedule game all day because that's legit. That is real. It is. I've got, I've got 10 games. Wins and three and three likely losses. Look, I am going to. I want to be proven wrong. 
all the time with the Browns. I love to be proven wrong. I fucking love. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to be also realistic. I'm not going to pretend that like they are the savior and they're coming in and and it, it like look last year was so special. I loved it. It was it was everything that everything anything more that I could have ever imagined. But isn't it fair to say that they are in, a, in the best position that they have ever been? In a great position. You just want them to capitalize on it. You want yeah. they're going to use it. That's why I asked Jason that question because I think I do worry about that a little bit. I think you know you do get a little bit more comfortable when you start winning. I know it's addictive, yes. and I know that's the thing, but you yes. do get comfortable. So if, if yes. that's a legitimate question of whether or not they're going to continue with that, Baker is all about that swag, about that chip on his shoulder. The Browns last year played so well as the underdog. And I think that next year, there is no underdog situation for the Browns. No they are top dog. dog. No, so it's, 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 it's a proven. And the expectations. Underdogs on bye-bye. On bye-bye. And here's, here's the biggest thing about this team. This team, as Jason was saying, you got Mayfield, who I love. Jason's not as much in love. It's okay. I love Mayfield. But I look, love Nick. I've been so I, wait, addicted wait, to pro football focus numbers that pop up about Baker that just make him look like, oh, they remind I, you that I, he's I, better I than what him. people think he here's, is. But here's what I'll say. I love Chubb in a big spot. I think Landry's going to – I think Landry will make big catches. And this defense – it's all about the offense of this team, but this defense, I think, is fine. Oh, my God. What a good date you got. Thank yeah, you. I, I, got a, look, I, mean, I trained I, him well. He went to kind of pick up beers. Forest City Brewery. The beers here are delicious. Beautiful Tremont. They have one of the most beautiful beer gardens. And thank God it is a gorgeous evening here. It's night two of draft night. It's turning out to be amazing. The weather finally cleared up. That rain finally went away. The beer garden outside here at Forest City City Brewery is beautiful. They host events here. Finally, as things start to open up, as we all get our vaccines, this place is going to start rolling. They're adding themselves a little bit of a menu, some food options, stuff like that. So if you ever get the chance when you're coming downtown, check out some of these places that are outside of the downtown area. We know that Cleveland is turning into this big foodie scene type of area. Aditi uh, Kingabwala advertised it the other day on ESPN, but it's also big on the brew scene. And uh, Forest City Brewery is one of those places, and we're grateful that they let us uh, that they they're hosting us this evening uh, for this for this episode. So I just want to throw that back. Hey, out. Hey, Jared. Speaking of night two, who do you guys want? I want Rondell Moore from Purdue. He's not a Purdue fan, and he's a fast guy who can take kickoffs back and take punt returns back. It'd be nice to have a Josh Cruz back. If they're not going to go that way, the quarterback, whoever can sack the quarterback. We need help sacking the quarterback. I, think, I come from the Ernie Corsi world. Sack the quarterback. How do you win? You sack the quarterback. Say it with me. Sack the quarterback. I think, I'm not going because it's true. I sound like I think, God. I think I, I would love. I know that they might not do it, but I would love if they moved up and they went linebacker and got uh, whoever can sack. Corner. I really would. Tackles in his two years as a starter and like 27 of those for a loss. Uh, the four forced for fumble and, and like five recoveries. I mean, five, five forced fumble. I mean, the kids, the kids, he's a big, he's just, if they're going to, if they're ever going to do anything, a linebacker, I think this is the right move right now. And he's still on the board. Here's another one. Right. Too. Which was amazing that he it fell. Is, that it far. is amazing. We talked about that. I think about a couple hours ago. I'll go to 2.0. Whatever we can do to never have that Monday night fucking football disaster where Lamar Jackson ran all over us. That's one, too. I don't hey, want that anymore. 
Yeah, Don't we want that. That was off. awful. We got to throw this up from Jim, too. And I know, knock on wood, shit, um, knock on some wood, as long as we avoid the injuries. That was that. Was, going back to talking about what can get in the way of the Browns, um, you know, having the successful season that we expect out of them to get to the AFC championship game and further, they are building depth in that secondary. Injuries, my God. What happened to this team last season with COVID and fucking, I mean, an injury? I mean, it was ridiculous. We were all wondering, are they going to cancel games? Like, it was insane. And they still were, and they still overcame that adversity. I hope this team, a healthy team, is. Well, I get, I get, I get really excited about it. Well, I right. I mean, and that's, you have to think about that, right? And I think so, I, and I asked what you guys kind of wanted this, what, who you want them to draft coming up here because Dale Ryder was on um, Bull and Fox today and he was talking a little bit about um, that Andrew Barry kind of almost tells you what he's going to do without telling you. Yeah, I love that info. Yeah, 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 I love What he's going to do. And, I, and it's true. I, I guess he does kind of preface in certain ways of where his mind is at. And, and if you think about it, then this Newsom pick was – pretty much right what, what he had kind of said. And he kind of explained it as more of like an insurance pick, like looking to the future. It's not reward right away, but it's something that you build on. And with that, I was thinking about what, basically what I decided is that I think we're going to draft a wide receiver. So that's right. where I ended. Right. That's where I ended. Let me go on this. Jason Woods raised his hand too. Are we also- unmute, Andy. Are we going to go with Okay. Andy, unmute. Unmute. I couldn't Try again. Oh, you're good now. I produced fucking documentaries, direct documentaries. <laughs> I was a producer in the fucking ass I, 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 I wish I could put this in your ear, but I can't. I have to do it right now. And here. I fucking didn't unmute me. I'm good with OBJ. I'm good with OBJ. I agree with Chris Russo. He's a home but run they're not, hitter. They're not you need a home run hitter. <sighs> Two things can be true at once, right? OBJ can be a home run hitter and Baker Mayfield can have a really hard time finding him in the offense. Two things can be true at once. And there were two or three times last year where after he was hurt, I thought like, boy, this is one of those times where just give it to 13 and get out of the way and just let him go make a play. Cause that's what he's, at least with the Browns, that's what like, how are they getting Odell the ball when he's like really making impact plays? It's like, just pitch it to him and let him do something or run as far as you can, as fast as you can. The Dallas game. And, yeah, I mean, that's really – that's all that they can figure out with him. I think this is Odell's last year in Cleveland. I don't think he'll be back. I, that's a different question. Yeah, and, and I agree with Holly's point of that's why you have to go get a receiver tonight at some point. Listen, they have nine picks. They're not going to make nine picks. Yeah, they, got th- they got three They got three in the second round. They're going to move around. And what, whether, you know, whether it's today, whether it's tomorrow, I do think they're going to be aggressive. I kind of actually thought they might move down last night. Uh, I'd really kind of talk myself. I, I dream of Rondell Moore just went away because Rondell Moore just got drafted. There you go. So now he's gone. Because I think that's the one thing you need, Jason, and, and Holly and Jared. I think you need a special team explosive player. DPJ might be that guy. You think so? Yeah, I do. I, I think he might be that guy. Um, I think he was a lot of – I got to ask you why. Because yeah, because he looks like a giraffe sometimes when he's on special teams. I think, he's, I think he is an explosive playmaker. I do. And I think he was a lottery ticket last year. Oh, I love him as a wide receiver. No, 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 we agree. Yeah. That was the that smartest seventh round pick. I think I said that. I said, this is a good right. 
He's right. a good yeah, player. He can play. And I, I mean, but listen, I've said a lot of stupid things in my life. Just to add this to the list, you know, 12 months from now. But <laughs> I, I, I do. I think that he might be that guy. Because I agree. They, they do need somebody on special teams who can make a play. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see. But the, the point I was going to make, and, and, you know, I was listening to what you were saying earlier about Barry, and I think it's totally true. When you are a competent NFL franchise, you aren't drafting for need. You're drafting for we're going to need to replace this guy in two years, so we better get him now. Yeah. Who was talking about Jordan Elliott a year ago? Nobody. But That's Larry, a great Larry Ogunjobi yeah. is gone, and Sheldon Richardson is gone, and all of a sudden Jordan Elliott's going to have a role on this team. And he's a third-round pick that I promise you nobody has talked about. Yep. So and that's that's yeah, where that's a great point. the Browns are a competent functioning NFL team now. And this is what competent functioning NFL teams do is they build for depth in the second and third rounds and they get guys that aren't going to play right now, but they're going to practice during the week. And you're going to see them in 2022 and 2023 when some of these other guys are no longer here. Yeah, having oh, on to that, that was that was probably one of the more thoughtful, poignant things that have filtered through over the over past the couple of days, days was, was just, just that, that idea, idea that, that that you can read between the lines with Andrew Barry and look a little bit deeper. And it's 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 not cryptic, but it's think a little bit. Yeah, he he's, he processes things. There's a there's another level of 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 that he's putting into this clearly. Right. By the way, he had his kid on draft day, which is the greatest thing yeah, ever. And I just yeah. felt like yeah. Can I, can I, t- I, I have a yeah, similar, can I, can I tell you? Yes. So did you have a baby, did you have a baby on draft day? I look tell like us. I'm pregnant now, but no. <laughs> so 2010, 2010, I had just started the Akron Beacon Journal covering the Cavs. Like literally I was on the job like a week and they are wheeling my wife into surgery for a C-section. And I get a text that Danny Ferry is resigned. Wow. And or not resigned, his contract expired. He walked off and they went to separate ways. They were dead. So as they're wheeling her into the room, I'm like scrambling, texting people, trying to set up if someone can cover this press conference or not. And my wife is screaming, you're not really doing this, are you? You're not really working as they're wheeling me in to cut my body open and give you a child. And I was like, you know what? If you can just hang on one minute, I will be right with you. I promise. So, a good working man. so I told I told Danny that story a couple years later when he was in San Antonio and Danny cracked up. He goes, "Did you name him asshole for me?" He's like, oh, <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, he's like, "Sorry about that." <laughs> Holy so shit! So, so in this industry, it happens. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good omen. By the way, I mean, but I, I just. Look, he, there's still a lot for the Browns to prove at the end of the day, right? We had one really great season, and that's super exciting. And I just followed that. I ran, I rode that wave. From here, here, here's the Holly, you're right. But here's where I'm saying, in my studies of sports, if I were a neutral fan, I would honestly come in saying, team is ready for prime time. They almost beat the Chiefs when the coach was coming off COVID. Their team really didn't play well. They, I remember my son who doesn't watch a lot of football times, you know, he plays football, and he goes, I can't believe the game. They had a chance to win that game in Arrowhead. They did. They got a first down. They stopped Chad Henning. They get the ball back. 
the Browns aren't that far away, but here's where you're, I, I know the typical Cleveland thing to do is like, hold on, take a breath. I think we all need to get on this ride of like, let's go as fast as we can. It's going to be a lot of fun and enjoy it. We many teams like this it reminds me of 15 16 17 calves everybody should chime in 90s indians this is it we are that team swing the ball it's go for big and this is we got the team it's like god it's like an adjusted version of paul dolan's enjoy them while he's here (laughs) it's enjoy them while they're good I don't think anyone's arguing the fact that we need to get on board. I am, I am on fucking board. I'm not, not on board. I'm not like I'm waiting in the wings here. It. That's good. Yeah. Andy, Andy, are you, are you on board? No, I mean, he was. No, he was. No, no, maybe he's still better. I, I worked for this band for 16 years. I know it's like it's bullshit or whatever. This is real. The Browns are really fucking good. It's the, really, 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 really good. You're denying that this situation with the Browns is real. It absolutely is. I'm trying to be realistic about the fact because as soon as last year they played, like we just talked about, they played as the underdog. They played as – there was no real expectation at the end of the day for the Browns. Well, no, because we knew that defense was what it was. And in the first half of the season – Baker you give Chad Henney that first down. Like, at most, he was. Chad Henney on third and seventeen was awesome. That was that was it. That was the season's problem in a nutshell. Right For everybody talks about the touchback and everything else. Andy, unmute, unmute your microphone. Andy, Andy. Nope, nope. Don't mute it. done with this. Andy, you have headphones on too. Look, it's been a long week, motherfucker. I interviewed Jason, Chris are you Russo. For a job? Would you like to be part of the? Um, I interviewed Chris. <laughs> I did a three-hour interview with Marty Appel. He's a Yankees historian. Chris Russo for hours. I'm tired. It's been a long week. I want to transition. And we, I'm glad we got. No, I need to finish my point. I'm so I'm sorry. I apologize. I was looking at my Bumble account. I'm sorry. I did not. Andy, Andy has moved on from Tinder during the week to Bumble, but then he goes back. You can't confirm that. I might be still on Tinder. My God. You know, it's a different it's show. So All right. Holly, so Holly, is is, Andy was, I felt maybe insinuating to a certain extent that maybe I wasn't like. Is this is, is your like, brother saying get, get Andy a white claw? Oh, yeah. Because. Uh, my brother did text me that you were on Instagram Live with Hey, a white Jimmy, claw. I like White Claw. I don't give a fuck if it's not cool. My dad drinks Zima. I like White Claw. That's it. That's, That's it. I don't care. I don't Keep care. this up. You should have I don't care. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't want anyone to ever admit they had Bailey's at the bar, but Andy did. So there's that. <laughs> Where's the Bailey's? Nice. Okay. Where's your grandpa's sweater? <laughs> I love Russell. I got to give you a little shit back. You know? I was going to meet her last night. Do you know the Bailey's in a shoe video? No. Old YouTube. Long time ago. Brown just moved up. And that's why. 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 That's
Not on, no, not on this recording. Chef, <laughs> <laughs> you tweeted. <laughs> what do you think they're doing when they're I'm moving the up? Clock. So what's the situation? Indians, Indians any chance to make the playoffs? Indians, any chance to make the playoffs? Oh, you're really switching gears. Yeah, yeah, I say zero. Slim. I love the Indians. I say zero. Are we excited about the Indians because they still have young pitching? Oh, I'm all in on on the Indians. I am. This is I've called this sort of a transition year. Uh, I think they're going to recalibrate a little bit, but the yeah, talent right. the talent is there, and we, they've got some bats coming. Uh, they've really struggled to develop bats in their system. Obviously, that's kind of why they're in the position that they are. But you know, I I think you know you're gonna see Freeman next year. You're going to see George Valera probably oh, a year or two after that. Yeah, yeah, they've got about 19 at last count shortstops, so they're going to play. <laughs> yeah, and, they're, 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 and, they're, and, and right now they're all platooning and like outfield. No, no, they legit. They, I, I love what they're doing on the offensive side because they have so many shortstops. Because like that's the position, right? If you can play short, you can play around the field. Yeah, allegedly they're trying. I mean, they're trying to prove it with the Mud Rosario hey, putting in center field. I'll just say this, not to face by well. Anybody will talk to whether you're talking to Chris Russo, whether you're talking to Tom Bernaldi. Andy, Andy, I'm microphone. This is fucking awful. I hate this. I'm going to kill ahead. myself and some of us. I'm going to staple your finger to the mute button. Classe, Karen check. This is the nastiest bullpen, maybe in baseball. I don't know. Yeah. Outside the Yankees, and I'll go one more. This pitching staff's there. Outside, you got to grow out Logan Allen, and you, and you got the Atrus uh, McKenzie. This, this is, is a pitching staff that, that can win big. Oh, no question. Big. I still think Cal Quantrill is the answer in the rotation. I agree. Hentges is getting the start right now because he's looked out. I think Hentges is going to develop into more of that Andrew Miller role that we saw a couple of years ago, and I would expect Quantrill to be. But I've been saying, I mean, since they made the trade for trade last year, I said, well, Carrasco's gone because Quantrill's going to replace yeah. the rotation this year. And I was half right, but Quantrill had a lousy spring and, couldn't command and so now he's stuck in the bullpen uh but no the pitching is the pitching is so yeah weird. but you know what i am concerned a little bit about the fact that if you trade kluber and you trade bauer and you trade carrasco and you trade clevenger it's unfair to the organization and it's unfair to the pitchers coming up to think well it's the indians and they can just sprinkle some magic pitching dust and they'll turn out five more just like them i don't think that's well, realistic i don't think it puts, fair. A, it puts a lot of pressure on bieber Oh, it does to yeah. lead that pitching staff, but yeah. but but he's but he's taking it, and and here's what I want to bring up too before I jump in back into the bath because you made a comment that I want to I'm going to talk about. They released all of our resume. Yep. Why? That was just strange. Why? Because I mean, you want the truth? Why? Because of the new three batter rule. That's why. Because Tito couldn't get him in find places to get him in games because Ali has to face three lefty three batters at a time. And most lineups aren't stacked with three lefties. And Tito clearly doesn't trust him against righties. So, you know, Ali Perez, if you want to talk about that three batter rule, killing careers, he's a prime example. Because I don't think – I don't think anybody – I don't know. I shouldn't – maybe another team takes a shot at him. The them. Paul Ossemacher days of getting right. left-handers out. Right. There. And right. he's that Paul Ossemacher role. He's going to get out lefties on lefties. And right. you trust him because he's been in big spots. Right. And he looks relaxed. I just, I just, I just – to me, it just felt like you're losing that leadership. You're losing that experience. And I don't know how much it's actually going to help you down the road because the pitching is as good as it is that it just felt like I don't know that they needed to do that right now. Now, jumping back over to the bats, you're talking about I do have bats coming and developing them. Okay. 
By the way, there's, there's a, a couple of baths right now dancing on stage right now. There's a there's couple a of baths right now that I don't understand why aren't in the lineup. I don't know why, and I don't. I'm sorry, Jake Bowers, but what are we doing? Why are we? Where's Daniel Johnson? Where's Bobby Bradley? And then why is to me this feels like more of a controlling the money issue than it does feel like you know what we can win now. Well, we're the money issue because we're past the although Johnson did get a few days up last year but I yeah. still think I think that I mean I have to look at I don't know I we're really close on the line of if we're talking about manipulating the the contracts and right. and arbitration all that yeah. we should be past that the Jake Bowers thing I I don't think Bobby Bradley's the answer I hear what you're saying Bowers is awful two things on that one Bradley strikes too much even in the minor leagues I don't think I think Josh Naylor is probably, as the roster stands now, I think Naylor is probably your in the future. And uh, he's got some, he's got some Manny Ramirez in him. Naylor? Yeah. Boy, that's a huge compliment. That's a, <laughs> oh, I'm talking about, oh, you mean, oh, about, I thought you meant, I thought you meant football. Yeah, running through the stop sign. Yeah, yeah. Buckner moment. But here's the thing about what Lloyd's saying that I heard about from Terry Pluto. I think Naylor's your first baseman. I agree with him. That's basically no, absolutely. And thing, you know, the one thing about the one thing that the Indians, I think, are nervous about with Bowers, he looks awful right now. I think we can all agree on that. Yes. He's actually had a couple strung together some decent at bats in the last few days that I've seen. Although, obviously, with the Browns going on, I haven't watched the the last couple of games. But the Indians gave up on a 25 year old slick fielding corner infielder a couple of years ago. And he's now the starting third baseman on the Yankees, and he's haunting the Indians yes, for 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 that decision. So, what do you got? We can come back to this. No, 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 no. right? And they're taking Cormora. Told you after trading up. Did you guys hear that? Sorry. So we're up. I've been right on both of these picks. By the way, the fans are going crazy. Crazy. Great job. Wow. Even the Browns coming off is exploding. Wow. That's awesome. Star. I watched him as a big Notre Dame fan. Kid can play, makes big tackles in big spots. True winner. Here's the thing, he's a leader. And again, this goes I hate saying it, but I like where it's going. Let's just be honest. Northwestern, Notre Dame. These are bright kids. These are kids who are team team guys first. It means a lot in these spots. That's a great point, Andy. They are drafting kids who are team-first guys, and I like that. I think it's Antonio Callaway, great guy, couldn't stay on the field, couldn't keep his uh, clean. I, did, I want guys like that. Like this kid for Notre Dame hustles, plays hard, played against Georgia, played against the big boys, Clemson, made marks in these games. Good player, man. I the, good player. So now here, here, here the, the rest, rest of the day, day and the, the rest, rest of this draft is whatever the fuck you want. You want to go, you go wide receiver. You want Holland Jackson for crap wide receivers? Well, I, actually, I didn't, I didn't see the game to actually move up. Well, I didn't see either. Actually, you're going to be surprised because I'm going to nerd out here for a second because this is the stuff that like I love to look at. Shout out to Jason Lloyd from the Athletic for joining us this evening. They, well, never mind. (laughs) I said deleted. It's deleted. (laughs) The one that I saw was that they got to pick back. 
Like they, they moved up and, and they gave up 89 and they dropped down to the hundreds, uh, but they were going to have the same number of picks, but that was deleted. So I don't know. If that's well, they some, they some some draft draft draft. So, but, but, you know, I'm going to plug us for a second because Dane Brugler, I think is sensational and does an unbelievable job with his draft review. And he had, he had him as the 15th rated player on his board and the Browns just got him in the second round. And Dane, Dane knows the stuff, man. Like Dane, Dane's been on the Newsome pick for is an player. Yeah. Absolute player. This is, uh, you know, I kind of thought they might go receiver in the second round. I'm pleasantly surprised. I mean, keep adding to the defense. But I, I think now, I think you're right. Now I think they probably will pick up a receiver here in the next little bit. Okay, here we go. Holly's got it. Oh, so, that it, so it was right. 15 and 89 for 52 and 113. So they keep the same number of picks. They give up 89 to move up seven spots, and then they drop 24 spots on the back end. So they still have that capital to continue to move around the board, whether it be tonight well, or tomorrow. Because, again, you can, it doesn't matter what you're doing on the back end. You're looking for value on the back end, and you can focus on, and you can focus on special teams and do some of those things that we're talking about. Because really, my only fear here for this team is special teams. That's, that's it. it. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the one week. Does anybody feel good at Vic's Andy, problem? Andy, unmute your microphone. Fucking bullshit. Does anybody feel good in a big spot with, with the field? Jason, don't laugh. Someday I'll direct you in a film. You should not laugh as director. Just, just a tip. Jason's a great guy, by the way. Very funny. Looks handsome. Thinks he's fat. He's he not does. Funny. And he's wearing the sticker. He's got the hair. I love his hoodie, he's too. Got my, he's got, like, my good. friend Gabe's hair. He's got white on white on white, like me tonight. Hey, you met Gabe yesterday. He's got Gabe hair. Yeah. Yeah, he's got Gabe yeah. hair. He's got Gabe hair. Anyways. Anybody excited about Cody Parkey making a big field goal in a big spot? Forty-five yarder to win. I. Holly unmute his microphone. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, you are. Holly is a little frozen there. Yeah, she's gonna have to rejoin. Oh, yeah, that'll give you all that. Great. Well, then, hey, hey, listen. Here's what we're gonna do, because Andy just dropped off too. We lost a lot of connection here and now i'm by myself go ahead do whatever you got to do i'll sit here and talk to everyone right now even though i have to pee i was going to give jason my seat and share my milkshake with jason yeah i mean we've been doing it for 50 minutes whenever when, listen here's the deal so if you're just joining us i lost everybody we lost everybody uh holly is trying to get back on Holly Wetzel's coming back on. Andy Billman's coming back on. Jason Lloyd uh, is uh, taking a quick break. Andy uh, just bellowed from the bowels of his stomach. Uh, oh, like, knock, knock. Come on in. Two more minutes. Okay. Yeah. We didn't. I, I know we're going to close out on, but I don't want you to start and get back from the restroom. I'm excited about the Browns draft. I think Andy's at the starting pitch in the playoffs. No, that's not what we're ending on. We have. I know where we have. I know we're going to end on, and I'm. I'm not going to worry about going to the bathroom. Jason's on his way back. Fuck this feedback. Jason, we got one more question. Andy, Andy is uh, really upset with Kevin Love. 
Oh, here we go. Yeah, we need to. We need to. And this yeah. is That's we're going to end the evening with this. Thank you again for seeing him. I love him. I'm a I'm mental health, health guy. guy. We, wanted, I don't think that was we really, we really want to know what, what's going on with him. He does not seem, he has not seemed interested in basketball, quite frankly, this entire season, from my point of view, but especially being on the Cavaliers. Yeah, this is, I mean, obviously, again, if people know my background, I covered the championship team. I've known Kevin for a number of years. I have mm-hmm. a very good relationship with Kevin. Uh, and and I was really disappointed in yeah. in the other night. I'm obviously like he cost the team on the court. He cost him points and he cost him momentum. Yes, he did. did he cost him the game? I think that's probably a bit of an overreaction. It was the third quarter and it was a nine point game. He did not cost him the game, but he cost him momentum and he cost him a basket yes, he and he let his frustration. Question: Don't you think though costing them the momentum would cost them the game? Because they were within, they could have come back. I mean, don't you think that changed the momentum enough to cost them the game? No, because basketball is such a game of runs. You got a full quarter left, and it was still a nine-point game. So that's plenty of time to, to make that back. The Cavs lost get that game because they're not very good. Like, that's why they lost the game. They didn't lose the game because of Kevin Love threw a tantrum. They lost the game because they're not very talented basketball no. team. No. No, but, but <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, I've said it for years. I wrote it the other day. It's time to just end this. It's yeah. time to part ways. Kevin meant too much to that championship team. And this is where I think Kevin is torn. Kevin legitimately, absolutely, positively loves Cleveland. He won a championship here. Like, you know, I had this conversation with Channing Fry. Channing played all over the country. He played in Phoenix. He played in New York. He played, uh, I think he's in a, he played everywhere. But Cleveland is where he won a championship. And for a brief amount of time as Channing and RJ and some of these other guys were here, there is a real deep connection between those players from that team and this city. And, and so for that reason, you know, I've talked to Kevin multiple times about this. Kevin's like, I will always love Cleveland. I will always come back. I want to come back. You know, RJ comes back for the Nets broadcast and he gets a standing ovation. They roar when they show him on the Jumbotron. I absolutely believe Kevin's jersey will be hanging in the rafters one day. I think, I think, I think LeBron, Kevin, and Kyrie, all three should have their jerseys retired. And, and so that makes it really difficult. But at the same time, like, he's absolutely miserable here. He wants to play for a contender. He signed a big contract. What was he supposed to do? They put $120 million in front of him. What would you do? Of course you'd sign it. And, and so it puts everybody in a bad spot. I, I have no idea if Kevin is willing to give back some of the money. But if he's willing to give back, I mean, so you go off history, right? With the stuff, you go off precedent. And the precedent here is Andre Drummond had $75 million left on his deal with the Pistons. Same agent as Kevin, which is where this is significant. Yep. And Andre gave back $13 million to go to, to walk away. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin in the Pistons. Blake had $75 million left on his deal. Right. And he right. gave $13 right. million back right. to go away. And again, same agent, Jeff Schwartz, is Kevin. So if Kevin's willing to give up 10 to $15 million of the $60 million that he's got coming to him over the next two years, you know, from what he means to this city, from what he has meant to this franchise, for the role that he has played, let's just part on amicable terms. Yes, exactly. This, well, 
really exactly. Ugly. I've got I've got three last points. One is this is just another sad exit for another important individual from that 2016 run because he's not the only one that has had a sad exit. His is just taking longer. This was really ugly. I love that. Number two, we can put a lot of the blame for everything that's going on with this organization on Kobe Altman, and I will stand by that until the day I die. And number three, Kevin Love, as much as he wanted to stay here and was knew the situation he was walking into, I've never seen him as a leader. And he's just not. I just don't be, I don't believe Kevin Love is that much of a leader. Ever though? Because you said ever. I mean, in his time in Cleveland, in his time in Cleveland, you're talking about even in 2016. Because look, I, I am not anymore. I am not a I've been saying all season. I'm like Wetzel's well, is like, very, very tough. Where on, is he? Uh, like his his presence is he's throwing tantrums on the bench. For, he, he he's he's done as well. He's not times. been he has not been that leader that I think that they've tried to look up to even off the floor when he's been injured. Right. But that's what I'm saying. But, but before that though. But, but he's never had to be a leader. He's never been put in that position. You're just seeing that he doesn't have that quality. Do you think in 2016 he wasn't a leader? Because that's the be. only year I'd give him. He that's didn't have to be. I think LeBron was everything. He didn't have to be a leader. Oh, I think he did. I'll say this. I'll say this about Kevin Love. He was a very important piece of the puzzle, but he never had to leave. I'll say this. I'll say this about 2016. And everybody should weigh in. Richard Jefferson's game three did ever, changed everything. So allowed Kevin Love to take a breath. He was hurt. He was not in those games. When Richard Jefferson played that well, I, I study your sports. I think what Richard Jefferson yeah. did was such a huge moment to settle right. down the team and, and allow him to get back in that series naturally. He played fantastic in game seven. He Here's really my did. Here's my point. Point. Game seven. I think we have put a lot more. At least I have, and I think that I've felt it from others. We've had more expectations out of Kevin. Well, then maybe we shouldn't have. Asked. He's a very talented player. He right. should he have was also the last one left of, this, of, of that team, of the, the, the super team, right? He was the last one left that stayed. So, of course, a lot of that yes. goes on. You yes. want to say something. Look, Jason's chomping at the thing. No, I, I have to be careful. Here's what I'll say. When... When he signed that contract after LeBron left, and by the way, the leaders of the 2016 team were LeBron, 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 and LeBron. <laughs> right. They, they, set the, they set the flight schedules around LeBron. They set the practice schedules around LeBron. They went to wine country because LeBron wanted to go to Napa. So we just stopped playing basketball for three days, and we went to I, – I, I was there. Like We, we fucking won the championship. Who fucking do cares? How many bottles do you have in the basement the just sitting in your wine cellar? Well, not as many as we drank during those couple of days in Napa. Um, <laughs> but – So here's – when Kevin signed that second contract, I was surprised. I was really surprised. And I told him – you realize you are back in Minnesota now. And he's, and he said, no, no. And remember how much he hated being in Minnesota and he didn't want to be in Minnesota. And I said, you're back in Minnesota now. And he like said, no, I I don't think that's true. Guess what? It was Minnesota. 
and yes, it was. it's still but that's the thing is he, i think he's wallowing and thinking more about himself and looking inward and and i think that he had a lot that he could have given to a lot of these younger players that obviously you've got more of a no than i do how much of that is he actually his relationship with some of those guys wasn't always that great well which guys are you talking LeBron? championship years yeah LeBron. i think i think i have well, even now you, even the younger guys I no, I think I think Kevin and the younger guys have a really good relationship. Okay. I, I, I really do. Okay. Uh, I think LeBron was really unfair to him, and I've written yes. that. LeBron, it's really it's a really strange dynamic because LeBron, LeBron and Kevin had no relationship and till Team USA, and LeBron was pumping Kevin at Team USA and saying like, "You're going to be the reason we win gold. I love your game." And Kevin didn't know LeBron at all, and he was like, "Is this guy for real, or is he yanking my chain? Like, what's going on here?" And then they saw each other again. I think at Michael's fiftieth birthday party, but I'm not hundred percent. I might be making that up. But they there was a social engagement where they saw each other again, and LeBron again. LeBron was on Kevin, like, "Hey man, how you doing? Love your game, blah blah blah." blah. And then the day LeBron came back, I talked to Kevin about this. Kevin was driving to work out in L.A., and LeBron called him after Lee's letter, after Lee Jenkins' story and SI dropped and all that. LeBron called Kevin and Kevin pulled off on the side of the road and LeBron said, I want you with me in Cleveland. And Kevin's like, okay, I'm in. And then he got here and LeBron treated him like shit. Like he, he really did. And Kevin really had a hard time with that. And that was a huge adjustment for him. And Kevin didn't, is, rumor is that Kevin wanted to trade out, right? During no, that year? No. Or the year before? Maybe it was not 15, maybe it was 15. No, Kevin never wanted to trade. I really, See, I heard that. Inside sources, Jason. Wait, you're telling me that even throughout all this, Kevin has not wanted traded? Well, no. I think he does. No, right. I'm talking about, I think it was 2015. I heard that he wanted traded out to Boston. Well, here's what – here's oh, what, A real sports town, no. according to Kyrie. <laughs> well, here's – So – Kyrie was not my source. His last year here – and I, I, I honestly, I don't know. You might be right. I, I, I can't speak to 15 because I never had that conversation oh, shit, with him. You lost full signal. I'm good. No, I. You're no, there we go. We're back. All right, we're back. Go ahead. So, his last year here, if you remember, they had the worst team meeting in the history of team meetings where it was basically everybody gang up on Kevin. <laughs> and this was after the, he had the panic attack in Oklahoma City. And against Oklahoma City, and he left the game. He left and went home during the game, and it was it was awful. Like it was the worst team meeting in the history of team meetings. And Ty Lue was furious that guys like Isaiah Thomas, who just showed up, and Dwayne Wade, who just showed up, were coming at Kevin. And Ty was like, "Kevin, you need to stick up for yourself and tell him then you don't want me here, then trade me." And I asked Kevin, "Why don't you just ask for a trade? Just 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 go." Like, if it's this horrible, just go. And Kevin said, no, I want to be here because I love – I value winning so much, and I want to be on a winner, and you just don't know what's on the other side. If you ask for a trade, you don't know where you're going to wind up, and you don't know what's on the other side, and I want to win. And so for that reason, I know for sure, even when the boat was falling apart, he did not want to jump off. Um, and But the early years was, was struggle. It was tough. And he's told me, like, you know, all he wanted was, like, a, a hand around the neck and, like, a, hey, buddy, you know, it's okay. Because he obviously had to take on the, the biggest change in his role, and we're going back a ways now. Um, but, you know, when he was the third wheel, and he knew he was going to be the third wheel, 
but that was a huge adjustment for the guy to make. And, and he tried to make it the best that he could. And he feels like he didn't get a whole lot of support from uh, LeBron or Vlad or anyone else who was here at the time. Yeah. Just as a reminder that there's so much nuance to all of this. It's just, it's It's so nuanced. It's never as simple as you think it is. I got a question. Go for Jason too. Hang on. First of all, you can't talk because you're still muted. And Holly's asking a question. We're never doing this this again. So, Andy, I got one last question for Jason for the Cavs. One last question. Good, because I really. It seems as though it seems as though with all this Kevin Love talk that he seems to be, he seems very checked out. He seems he has seemed very checked out this entire season, even before. I felt like his focus and his drive and his concentration has been elsewhere, like his mental health focus and all of that with his fiance spending a lot of time in new york right is is retirement that crazy to think that that could be in his near future i don't think so too much money yeah he's got 60 million coming to him he's not retiring i don't think he's checked out i think like the injuries are legit now did the Cavs have him milk a little bit of that because they want to lose some games you know, I don't know. The Cavs keep saying that they're trying to play for this plan. They're trying to compete for this plan, which is the most idiotic, insane, stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. This is not a good team. This is not a playoff team. This is not a team that should be worrying about the playoffs. But the injuries are legit. And I just think – Yes, I, I agree. Think, I just think Kevin is just really frustrated. I, think I he's, agree. He's frustrated with the injuries. He's frustrated with the, the, with the situation that's surrounding the team. He's just – he wants to play. He wants to compete. He absolutely loves the game of basketball still. He wants to compete at a high level. He wants to play for a team that is competing, that is winning games every night. You know, he said the other night, he's still not right. His body's not right. He's still trying to play his way back. Really? Well, he took, I mean, before even the, the inbound pass on, on what everyone can't stand now, we saw the, the video of the knee injury, right. the push in the back, and, the roughness really, in the ball. That's really important, I guess, to clarify here. You know, he was frustrated the other night. He can't do what he did. But, you know, last year he was really frustrated with Beeline. He was frustrated with Colin. All of that came out. and We saw that. He said, you know, that was bad. I shouldn't do that. When he's smacking the bench, when he's yelling at Colin, when he's throwing his weight, hands in the air on the floor. The other night, though, he was just frustrated. He wasn't frustrated at his teammates or at JB. He was just frustrated in general because he got knocked down a couple plays earlier. He busted up his knee a little bit. He got pushed in the back by a guy on, like, a 10-day contract, and he did He's Kevin Love making $120 million a year. And he didn't get a call on the 10-day guy. And he glared at Courtney Kirkland, the official, because he couldn't get that call. And the other official threw the ball, and he slapped at it. He didn't even think it was a live ball. That doesn't excuse what he did. I'm just trying to provide context that it wasn't the same. It wasn't like he was frustrated with his team and his players in that moment. He was just – like I said, he's just – I think he's in a bad spot right now with all of the injuries, with all of the losing. I just think he's frustrated. I'll end on this. Does anybody – like the Indians, it's easy to understand. You talk to anybody, they need hitting. First base, outfield, need more hitting. The Cavs are the most complicated team in sports. They need everything. It's or they need so shitty. It's kids. so shitty. And yet you look at this team, it's like, okay, I like Jared Allen. Okay, I like Garland. Okay, I like certain parts. But like, and I, I agree, we can debate about Sexton, but okay, I like his energy. But, like, this team is so bad, and it doesn't get better. And it's not – I think they're complicated, complicated too. It's, it's going to stay and remain good, complicated, I don't think it's especially, especially because of the issues with ownership and Dan Gilbert. And I, I was glad to see him on CBS Sunday morning 
about a month or so ago and all the philanthropy that they're still working on through everything in Detroit and all of the give back. Um, but you can still tell that Dan Gilbert is not where he wants to be. And you know, that that's still so frustrating. And I'm wondering how much that trickles down. Kobe Altman has the business team there. He's probably not going to any anymore. I, 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 this is right. this is the beginning of the end, right? For Dan Gilbert and the and it's a right. major but, 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 involvement. And that's my point is, this is going to take a long time. I don't think this is going to be this is going to be four or five years. No, I mean, look, we LeBron is a once in a lifetime yeah. opportunity, right? Yeah. Like that's just not going to happen. It, it just isn't. So like the rebuild, the rebuild is going to be. Forever. I mean, and until we get lucky again and we build on the, on the draft and we get a good. Real fast, who's your Cavs' favorite player right now? Right now, you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Holly Watson, who's your Cavs' favorite player? Mm-hmm. What's your Cavs' favorite player? I guess Colin Sexton. Damn. Jackson Lloyd. I don't do that. <laughs> no, I, 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 you know damn well, I box score watch the entire season. I, I, I just My favorite player right now is Isaiah Hardenstein. I like him a lot. I like that he can pass. I like that he can move. And by the way, it's not going to bring in championships. I like that he. And if nobody it. wants to sit here and talk I'm about. I'm going to watch on the side of his passing. Sorry, I'm a Purdue guy. He loves basketball. So, I mean, two things. I guess I'll close on with the Cavs. Number one, you talk about LeBron. LeBron was the plan for 15 years. For 15 years, the Cavs' plan was LeBron. It was they treated like their top three or four leading scorers. To be bad enough to get a championship, they won a championship. Right. But my bad. point is, like, they tanked so bad, they they basically tore the studs out of the house. Yeah, I agree. And in order to be in a position to draft them, and it worked. Like, they won the lottery, they drafted LeBron, and then it was okay. Now we have to like rebuild this entire organization around him, and they ran out of time, and he left. And then the plan was, we have to get LeBron back. Yeah, spent four years trying to get LeBron back, and I wrote a book about it, the Blueprint. You can find it. Not kidding. It's a yeah. very good book. You yeah. know you're kidding. Promote the fuck out of that. So nobody bought it. It's too late now. So for seven never too late. Amazon. You know, you, you know, I know a guy can make documentaries. But <laughs> we have to be bad enough to be in position to draft LeBron. Okay, we have him. Now we have to build a franchise around him. Oh no, we yes. ran out of time. We lost. I agree. Now we have four years to get him back. Oh my God, he came back. Now we have to win. That's over. LeBron's not coming back to save you. You need a new plan. And I have a hard time right now figuring out what's the plan. I agree. I agree. This is never before in history has the league been dominated by athletic playmaking wings as it is today. You have to switchy type of wings who can dribble past shoot, who can do some combination of things. The Cavs are guard heavy and center heavy. Like, that's the problem with the team. The most that, position on the floor, right. they don't right. have anyone right now. Maybe O'Carroll becomes that in time, but Jetty Osmond's not the answer. Like Jetty Osmond's not the answer. The most, I like the most him. position on the floor. He's got great hair. Cavs have zero, and they are loaded <laughs> up with small guards and big centers, and that's a problem. Jared Watson, what did I think about Jetty Osmond three years ago? I don't want to talk about it. We used to talk. I Hayden, Hayden, Grove, Hayden Grove was all in on Jetty forever. I, I love Hayden, anyways. but no. All right. Um, hey, listen, I think we spent way too much time talking about the Cavs on uh, NFL Draft Night 2, where the Cleveland Browns have uh, moved up and made a selection to uh, grab Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa.
and uh, still maintain the full number of picks that they came in. Uh, Jason Lloyd helped us break that news earlier. Uh, thanks so much to Jason Lloyd of, for coming and doing this show with us this evening here at Four City Brewery. Holly Wetzel, finally we got to hang By out way, in Jason person. And meet. person than he is on camera. He's on his phone. He doesn't need filters. He is, he's, he's got great, he doesn't need them. He's got so great hair. Oh, Jason? Great hair. Jason doesn't need filters. Oh, he, Jason needs filters. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I think Thanks I'm for sharing a milkshake with me tonight. Hey, Lord. anytime. Oh, uh, uh, great day you are, Wetzel. You are charming. Folks, yeah, I, just, <laughs> I just got to tell you that the, the opportunity to finally get out and do something like this in the city of Cleveland and, and to get out last night, like everyone did as shitty as the weather was, which how beautiful is that? That the worst part of the evening was just the weather because everything else was absolutely perfect. Andy and I, and Holly also, we were down at the dive bar. We had a great time. Thanks to the dive bar uh, for all their Forest great City drinks Brewery. and hospitality Melt. and all Melt. that. Melt was Melt. great. Oh, oh the food, it's it, all these great things that we have missed for so long that we were able to come and, and do this together. And I'm just very appreciative of it. Uh, Forest City Brewery for hosting us this evening. Man, I'm going to have to take a couple growlers home, I think. That's how that's going to go. Uh, any last parting thoughts? Everybody? Brown's going to Super Bowl. I got to go pee right now. Yeah, Andy's going to go walk away. Go ahead and go pee. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. See you. I think that's the thing. Everybody, we, We've had enough beer. That we all have to go to the bathroom. So that's how we're the He's still muted. He doesn't. He's doing it again. Why not? Purdue's going to final four. Purdue's got Trayvon Williams, Zach Eady. They're going really big places. You don't even understand. Purdue's going to be in basketball. Why don't you put Purdue on your Tinder profile? Brian Winhurst and I talked about this the other day. He agreed. Purdue's going to be very, very, very good in basketball. Okay, congratulations. Okay, Brian Winhurst, I love you. Once again, we are brought to you by. Uh, we are brought. Thank you, Chris. Good. Tom We are brought to you. We are brought to you. I've said it five times. By waiting for next year. Check them out. Waiting for next year. Original Cleveland sports reporting at waitingfornextyear.com. Also, Evergreen Podcasts. Make sure you check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Cleveland Beyond. On Twitter, at CLE and Beyond. And uh, you'll find Cleveland and Beyond wherever podcasts are found. Oh, don't forget the where we're always hanging out live, at Official Cleveland Sports. On Thank you, Jason Kipnis, uh, Roberto Perez. Liking our videos. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 Mr. Teller's wife as well. Mr. Teller's wife. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, we appreciate all the followers. It's, it's because of Jason Lloyd, we have these contacts. All right, guys. Take care. Have a great night. Go Browns. Cleveland and Beyond with Andy and Jared is a part of Evergreen Podcast. You can follow them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cleveland and Beyond, on Twitter at CLE and Beyond, or shoot them an email at andyandjared at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit the website, clevelandandbeyond.net. Hi. 
Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dino Tripodis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.